And we're back once again. This is the Blue Corner. My name is Dennis. If you are returning, I will always say thank you, thank you, thank you. If this is the first time you're tuning in, please hit that subscribe. Hit the like and maybe even leave us a comment. I don't know. Um, but look, man, it's, it's, it's been a good and a bad week, I guess. Uh, it is the week that, um, you know, we, we have had an announcement over here that basically we are back to having live crowds uh, at full capacity, which is always fun. Um, I say bad because we've had a legend pass on and that is uh, DMX. I know it's not MMA related, but I like to make a mention of that because I do feel like he has had some sort of like... You know, pull in the MMA scene, I, I always say there isn't a single fight card that I've been to where not at least one fighter has walked out to one of his songs. So, you know, I, I have to say rest in paradise and, and yeah, he, he, he's another one gone too soon. But let's get on to this week. Um, I've brought on one of our local fighters who, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for and, and, and we've been speaking for a while and... Uh, it was a tough one. His last fight, um, he actually faced one of our uh, past guests, and so I was a little bit caught in the middle. Um, but, you know, he, he had a good outing. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's now got a pro record of 2-2. Two and two. Um, He comes out of Central Coast MMA, which is headed by Ross Pearson. I'm talking about none other than Blake Shepard himself. How have you been and how has the start of the year been treating you? Yeah, g'day, Dan. Thanks for having me on, starters, mate. Uh, been going good. It was good to finally get back in the cage, I guess. I had a two-year layout, but um, I've, uh, obviously with COVID and then for COVID, I had a lot of fights cancelled on me, but it's, uh, I've started a new camp with Central Coast MMA, obviously, as you just said, with Ross Pearson and the boys up there, and it's, it's been sensational for me. So I've, I finally sort of feel like I've found my home and my feet somewhere. And uh, obviously got back in the cage and didn't go my way, but happy to already got another fight announced, ready to go. So just keep trying to get the ball rolling again. And when you say you found yourself a new home, where where were you residing? I guess before. Oh, originally I started because I'm from Lithgow, so I started down at Thrive MMA with Paul Trace, and then I uh, ended up going to Newcastle. I was training with uh, Rich Fogarty at Steel City Boxing there, but didn't really have the the whole whole game set up if that if you say like the, the wrestling jiu-jitsu and all that sort of set up so it was only more me striking and then I was bouncing around between three or four gyms just to try to get the work in so um yeah going down with Ross and that they've got every the whole foundation's there for everything and they've got a bunch of young killers there they're going to be they're just pushing everyone more and more every day then you've got your likes of Jamie Malarkey obviously who just got his first UFC win and obviously just Ross himself just having them around you it just gives you your confidence and it just yeah, it's gonna gonna be good. And how is it? I mean, let's talk about Jamie for a second. How how hard was this training camp for him? Because I know, look, I, I've been hot on Jamie Malaki for a long time. Obviously, he he dropped his first first two. I mean, his first one was incredible because it was against uh, Brad Riddell, and and you know it was a fight of yeah. night performance. Yeah, but exactly. it is always tough when you drop your first two fights. And I, I just want to ask, like, do you, do you feel like there was a little bit of concern in the back of his mind? Um, potentially if he didn't pick up uh, a, a win that, you know, he, he would see the back end of, of his UFC career. Did, did, was there any talks about that? Like how, how much pressure do you feel, uh, feel like he felt in this last fight? Uh, I think I think he knew where he was at and where what, what was at stake. But 
as he even come out and said that when his back's against the walls, when he really rises and performs, and that's what he come out and done. So yeah, I think think he definitely had a real good camp. He was doing a lot of it with um, uh, Alex, obviously down at Wollongong there, and was coming back every couple of weeks to be with us as well. So no, I think he knew what was at stake, and he he come out and proved he belongs there and that he'll stay there for a fair while. And with the, the, the Wollongong thing, is that something that's going to happen more often? Because I, I saw that Josh obviously trains down there a lot too. Um, it seems like, you know, Arlene has gone down there. Like a lot of people are obviously going down to Wollongong. Is it is it a one-way ticket or, or do you find that some of the, their guys are popping up to you or how, how does that all work? Yeah, to be honest, I'm, I'm obviously still fairly green with um, being at Central Coast MMA myself. So I'm not too sure on the whole setup on how that works, but I think at at that level, they're all willing to help each other and wherever they've got to go to do that, they're going to do it, especially if it's going to benefit both camps and whatnot as well. So, Nice, nice. And Ross Pearson? Oh, mate, it's surreal. It's like I've obviously been a fan of him for a very long time, so just to even be able to just talk to him, let alone be able to train and roll and spar and just, just be around his presence in general and just hear his stories and, and whatnot, it's, it's been, been surreal. And, I mean, he's got a wealth of knowledge um but how does that translate like into his coaching techniques because you know we we had this debate the other day about um uh ex mma fighters converting across to judges and i always say look just because you're a great fighter doesn't necessarily convert across to a judge a coach in this instance or whatever like that but uh i know what the answer to this is but like how how has his uh, i guess conversion to to coaching uh kind of like come come like how what, what are your kind of thoughts oh mate he's unreal he's unreal he makes everything about the fighters and he he just lives and breathes fighting so you know you're going to get 110 percent out of him and as long as you can give that back to him it's only gonna you're only gonna reap the rewards eventually out of it and what he's done already there with central coast mma is real good and it's only going to keep building so you know he's his mind's like just his fight knowledge and fight iq obviously it was at the elite for so many years and still is so it's only going to roll off on all the other fighters around him as well. And do you think we'll ever see him compete again? Oh, that's probably a question for him. We'll have to wait and see, I think. <laughs> I think he'd love to, but... I mean, no. when I had Jamie on, he he said uh, he wouldn't say no. Jamie Jamie was like, yeah, I think we'll see him again. But like, yeah. I, obviously that was last year. So I just wonder now, obviously with, with the delays and everything, if, if you know, he has now kind of settled into just the coaching role or do you, do you still see the hunger in him? Oh, no, he's still got hunger. He's definitely, I think he's someone that, that fightens his life. So there's always going to be that hunger there. Just, I think as with a lot of people, the COVID sort of put a fair... Yeah, dinning everyone's plans and whatnot. So, so yeah, I'm not too sure exactly where he's at with it, but time will tell. And speaking of COVID, um, as as you mentioned, like you, you know, had a bit of a a, a little bit of a delay. <laughs> I mean, what two years or, or, yeah. or so? Like, how how tough was that on you? I guess more so mentally, I guess, than physically, because I, I assume you still trained throughout those two years, but like. When you're kind of sitting on the sidelines, you you kind of been benched, I guess, in a sense. How how tough is that to deal with? Yeah, well, so pretty well. For the last sort of four years pre-COVID, I had it was up and down sort of roller coaster. I had I started in 2014, and then after that, I couldn't couldn't get a. Oh, I had four surgeries, so that sort of spent a fair bit of three to four years. I was out with them, and then then I got back fighting again. I had, had two fights in back to back, and then. I had seven camps within a row on me, six of which were out of my control, which was hard doing six camps or seven camps back to back and I'd get one or two weeks out and I'd, and I'd fall through. So, And then obviously COVID hit 
which then added an extra 12, 12 plus months, which everyone had to deal with as well, obviously. But yeah, just I like, think the outside, obviously the training and the not getting a fight was was hard. But with uh, so just for my personal situation, I the where I was working, the coal mine I was at, it's shut. So I went travelling with a mate, just doing concrete and building. So I spent four four months not even in the gym at all before starting at Central Coast and went started there the week before Christmas I think it was and went straight into a fight camp to take on Dave so I went from there four months on the side or four months just traveling not even in the gym at all to trying to do a six-week fight camp straight back into a fight so it was challenging but it was probably the best way to get back into it. So when you say traveling and, and concreting uh, are they two separate things right now or you were doing both at the same time? No no, no not traveling as in like oh, he's the mate I was working because the pit I was at shut so the mate I was working with, he um all his work was away, so I was up in Queensland doing doing concrete and building. I was down in Victoria, just out west a lot, just on the road all the time, just travelling. Like all his work was away, so it was all travelling. And was it hard to get like the the permits at the time? Because you know, for for yeah. people that don't know, obviously we had our state waters shut for most of that time too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we had to get work and permits, especially to go, when we went up to Queensland. We had to get the government approval to go over there and work. And um, follow all their reg- regulations and rules that they had in and whatnot. So, but yeah, what to for actual work, it wasn't too bad. They they were pretty quick to approve everything when they want something done. And so then you joined Central Coast MMA. Um, you know, is it any different to your old gym? Like, are, are you noticing a difference? I guess in uh, one your performance and also in in the training itself. Yeah, well, I've never I've never been in a gym. I will tell. I did do four months with our agent Peng and integrate MMA up there in Queensland back in 2017 I think it was but otherwise I've never had a MMA structured gym where they've got your wrestling coach your jiu-jitsu coach you got your striking with Ross doing all the striking and just the number the bodies to roll with and spar with every day I've never never done or had that situation or set up around me so it's been it's I just felt felt at home straight away as soon as I went into Central Coast I knew a couple of the boys sort of before I started there just through social medias and whatnot but um, and then obviously Ross and Jamie just from being a supporter and a fan. But yeah, it's uh just that everything they got there and they make everyone feel welcome and they're all everyone's putting in the work. It's good. So you know how old Jamie is now? Yeah, twenty six. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, I say that because obviously he started at a very young age. But like you, you bring up the wrestling as well. I mean, that's an important one. I I always say that's kind of like the the biggest foundation to MMA. And I just feel like in Australia we we really lack um, that side of I guess MMA. Um, you know, there isn't a real big wrestling culture as you would see in the US or anything like that. Um, but you guys have also teamed up now with the Wrestling Foundation, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I think that is definitely something that's always been lacking. And oh, personally for myself, I know it well and truly has. But uh, yeah, Gary comes up a couple of times a week for us with the Wrestling Foundation. And he, he's unreal. The Just the uh, everything he's got set set in place, trying to build with everyone. And, and it, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely tough and it's hard, but it, it's something that everyone needs to do. And he, he does a great job. So we, we're very fortunate that Ross and Gary have got together and sorted that out for us. Yeah, as I say, to me, it's a big one. I love the fact that he's teaming up with like multiple gyms now because, as I said, for a long time, I've just, it's the one thing, as, as I keep saying, it's the one thing that we've really lacked in this country. And it's, it's to me, it's the most important one, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we've, def- we've been starved of it for a long time, I think. And it's, but then saying that the whole game 
it's evolved so much just in the last, I suppose you say the last five to ten years, but every year it's evolving more and more and everyone's getting more advanced. So we've got to keep up, got to keep up speed, especially once the boys start to go over the international scene and that you can't, you can't afford to have any holes around like on the local scene now, let alone once you go international. So it's good. And what do you think of the local scene, like compared to say five years ago? Oh, mate, it's definitely going leaps and bounds. Like you can't, you can't just be strong and tough and fit anymore. It doesn't get you, doesn't get you the victories, unfortunately. So everyone's well around, and you see some of the, just some of the things these young kids are doing now. They're on, they're on another level. So you got to keep up to speed and keep working. Did it, did it worry you after having that layoff? Because the the game is moving so quickly now. Uh no, nah, not really. I was always itching to get back in there. I've never, never been worried about the. Like where it's going or whatever it's just just getting back in there and getting to work and and having that right surroundings around you in the outside of the gym or outside the cage or i guess just having everything that foundation everywhere so just putting all that together and if yeah if you want to do it bad enough you're going to make it work and what was your original reasoning for 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 getting into mma oh man i've been a massive fan since i was young but obviously growing up in lithgow there wasn't wasn't much around you're sort of starved of opportunities or not opportunities but just starved of options and gyms and what not to do so you saw, it was more just a coal mine football in town so but uh, as soon as there was a gym opened up I jumped straight in and started training and then I wasn't sure if I was going to fight or not and found myself in a bit of trouble on the wrong side of the law and uh, I was on I was actually sitting on the train on the one on the way home from court one day and um, just sent a message to the bloke I've been training with I said oh no I'm not probably ready but can you get me in and get me a fight just to sort of get me leveled out and get give me something to focus on and um yeah it's sort of just all went from there can i ask you how serious your your wrong side of the law was uh yeah no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about everything mate i was uh just drink drivings were the ones i was getting charged for but i had been had, to, had a few strung together at once so i was looking like going for a little holiday just for that and then um yeah so i just needed something to focus i was still just that young kid that was out drinking and fighting on the streets and just just doing a lot of the young dumb shit that we all do but got caught a few times doing a few of the wrong things and was there going going the wrong direction so i've sort of struggled with a few things like anyone does and um but yes mma has definitely been the thing that's leveled me and i have to ask has it like put any roadblocks into your career and 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 i say that because i know that when i've especially here in new south wales the csa is sometimes really difficult to kind of deal with um have they ever tried to put a roadblock in because you you've had problems with the law because i know and that's why i asked you like how serious it was because i know i've specifically met certain fighters that can't get i guess uh licensed purely because they have got a a, a history yeah no nah, not with the csa or anything like that i was uh when i was in queensland with uh integrated the reason i had to come home was because court i had to come back to lithgow and live in lithgow to finish off the the um, penalties that I was given through the court with that, but in terms of actual fight, and that's never restricted me. Crazy, crazy. So you come back after two years. Um, you know, you take a fight on Urban Fight Night, um, and and I have to give them a quick shout out as well because um, for people that have done the Urban Fight Night, uh, you know, it used to be run out of a, a basketball stadium out at Liverpool um and and that show in particular uh which was uh urban fight night 24 lunar park under the big top um it looked like a real kind of professional show right now it it, it really was but like you know what was your kind of thoughts leading into that and and i only asked that because obviously 
you know, you got Dave Francis, um, and he's not he's not an easy picking. Like he, and especially I guess after such a layoff. So was it a case of you know, was there any thought process behind that or was it like you were itching, I guess, and, and, and you were ready to fight anyone regardless? Yeah, nah, man, I just, I needed a fight. So I, I was actually, con- I am contracted to Eternal and I got a firefight contract with them and uh, I was meant to fight in Perth two weeks prior to the uh, urban fight night and the little COVID outbreak we had put a, that cancelled that for me. So they were, Ben and Cam were happy to give me one fight release to fight on urban and, um, but yeah, there was never any question on, as soon as they offered Dave, that just got me more excited and more keen. It was a bigger, bigger mountain to try to climb and I fell short, but it was just, just the opportunity to share the cage with someone like him. I've been watching him since, since before I even started, like he was pro when I started. So he's, um, yeah, it was, and the way Urban was run, mate, it was, it was a very, it was a very professional show. They'd done, done exceptional. If they can keep that sort of standard up, it's a big, big promising sign for MMA in Australia. Especially, or Eternal's already up there, but if they can do that, especially in Sydney, because there's no one in New South Wales that are running good quality shows at that level oh, as such and getting the publicity out there and whatnot for everyone. So it was good. And, you know, I, I always say it's easy to come on, on one of these kind of things when, when you do get the dub, right? And and I have to respect you because a lot of people, obviously, when they pick up an L, it's, it's a lot harder. Like, it just really is... Um, but I also respect the fact that you're willing to come come on after an L, right? Like, uh, and I'm I'm guessing even the way you handled that um, afterwards, like you you were like, look, there, there, there's a lot that I can take from that fight. So like, talk to us about the experience inside the cage, how you felt, I guess, um, you know, and and some of the lessons I guess you took away from that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely hard. So that that's the first fight. I've got another loss on me record but I, I took it on seven days or eight days notice so it, and I hadn't been training for two years before having that one either so this was the first one that I felt like a loss it was the first one I put put sort of everything in at the gym and the mats and and still come out and lost so it was a big big thing to take in and sort of hit me a little bit at first to sort of try and swallow the pill but um also it just and it just made me hungrier and keener so I um I didn't. I didn't feel. I don't think I get ring rust as such as what some people would call it. It's just, just getting that work, getting that work in, and you just if you really want it bad enough, and you're gonna you're gonna get there eventually. But I um yeah, just probably probably a little bit too big of a mountain to try climb after that time out. But I'm never gonna shy away from an opportunity, especially someone like Dave. So. But I kind of I kind of feel like you had your moments on on that fight too. Like I kind of feel like it was winnable. Oh, 100% it was winnable, mate. Like, I, I just made a silly sort of mistake at the end there, really, at the end of the first round. Yeah, um, we knew where my weaknesses were and where his strengths were and what I had to try and avoid getting stuck into what, what places and what positions. And like, hats off to Dave. He, he fought a smart fight and he was obviously the better man on the night. But, um, yeah, it was definitely winnable for me if I could have put everything together. But, yeah, we'll see. Try to get it back one day. And how is it? I mean, the, the the first experience, I guess, going back to Ross now of of his coaching techniques. I mean, obviously, I, I was in the same uh, locker room as you guys, and I seen the warm up. But the the one that really, I guess, gravitated towards me was was when he sat both of you guys down after the fact, right? And and I guess it was a little bit of tough love. Um, but I, how how do you take moments like that? Yeah, no, you just gotta you just gotta wear it and move on with it really and you got to be if you can't can't take criticism or advice off someone then you you definitely shouldn't be doing this sport so I'd, anything that 
Ross has got to say I'm going to take on board and I know he's got the experience there so it's all all a part of the process and trying to bounce back especially when everyone's putting all the work in for you you got to try try to get the rewards back for them but was it tough so it was not tough to swallow. Like, yeah, a tough pill to swallow. I mean, as I said, because I mean, he, as I said, it was tough love, man. Like, I mean, but I respect him for it. Like, he he, he, he put it directly back on your, your guy's shoulders. And it, and it was, you know, as I say, like, it, there was no kind of like uh, sugarcoating. Yeah, nah, mate, that's how it is. But we're not in a sugarcoating sport. So if you can't, if you can't cop it. Like, I know myself, like I'm, I'm my own worst critic. I'm the hardest on me. So even every fight I've won, I've been angry because I haven't done it the way I wanted to do it or still still done things wrong. So yeah, nah, there's nothing, there's nothing's going to, I'm going to cop off anyone else that's going to sort of deter me or be hard to swallow because I know it's only the truth anyway. And in, in the same time, I'm probably being harder on myself than what everyone else is too. So that's that's fine. No, and I always uh, I always say this. It's it's about the the mentality of it, right? Yeah. I, I really respect that because I find you get two fighters, one that own their losses and yeah. they really take it and they own it, and then other ones that kind of try to shy away from it and claim that they didn't lose and this and that, and ev- it's everyone else's fault by their own, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. and, that, and that's where I guess I, I'm kind of coming from. It's it, it's the fact that. As I said, like he, he directly put it on you guys, right? He was like, "You guys are the ones in there, yeah, right." At the end of the day, I'm going to show up on Monday. I'm going to be there to coach you. But once that that cage locked, it's all on you. It's got nothing to do with us. So he really put that onus, as I say, on on your shoulders. Like it, you know, I, I was sort of sitting. I was that fly on the wall, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I was getting goosebumps the way he was talking to you. And that, as I said, that was the first experience I had of Ross coaching, right? Yep. Like I was just like, damn, like. And especially after a loss, when most people are quite down on themselves, I was like, at least I was kind of like, at least wait until Wednesday, right? Yeah, wait till they get back nah. to the gym. But he was like, nah, he sat you guys down right there and then, and it was like bang. And I was like, whoa. I, and as I say, for a moment, it was kind of like, whoa, kick them while they're down, kind of thing, you yeah. know. But like, I also understood where he was coming from, and I really respected that. Yeah, no, nah, it's a fight game, mate. And he's, he's there. Everyone's put in the work to get us to where we where we were, and we were. We were in in the position and the condition to come away with the victories, and we we fell short. So that's just unfortunately how it is, and whatever comes with it comes with it. Beautiful. So you say you've been a fan for for a long time of of the mixed martial arts scene. So growing up, who 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 was you know the fighter that you kind of looked up oh, to? Oh, my first memories, mate, was the like Tito Ortiz and and Chuck Liddell, Rich Franklin, all all that sort of time when they won the Ultimate Fighter series and that. But uh, yeah, just yeah, like even. All my hunting, I've got all my hunting dogs and that. I've always known them after UFC fighters. So I've always yeah, Chuck and Tito, even though they were, they were arch rivals, they were two of my two of my favourites from back in the day. And what do you think of their trilogy fight? Oh, I was happy Tito got a victory back up, but it shouldn't have happened probably. <laughs> that's 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 when you chase chasing the dollars, yeah, right? Exactly. Chasing the dollars. That was yeah. terrible. I, I I don't even know why they uh, you know sanctioned that fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it probably shouldn't have happened, but I guess they yeah, they still got their payday. And um, on on that, is there like any sort of fights that stick out to you? Like, is there like some real memorable kind of fights that are just like in the back of your mind that that made you fall in love with the sport? Uh, a few. I've got a pretty ordinary memory to be honest. But uh, the um, Diego Sanchez and Clay Guida is one that I'll always I'll always remember that. It was an absolute cracker. But uh, yeah, other than that, like I'll, I'll watch some replays or I'll watch an old show and it'll it'll flick my memory and I'll remember. But yeah, no, otherwise not really. Sort of, sort of a massive fan, but my memory ain't the flashes with remembering them all. <laughs> fair play, fair play. 
Um, and obviously, it, it was funny because when when I contacted you last week uh, about coming on, or well, we we spoke about you coming on before, but when we were kind of like uh, getting the final details ready, yeah, you know, you you question whether you know there's anything you needed to know, and I said, <laughs> I said that uh, make sure you're on weight, and, <laughs> and and I actually said that thinking like you had nothing coming up, and then on the weekend, obviously, I see posts coming out left, right, and center. You you've actually now got another fight uh, on Eternal Fifty Nine. When did that fight get made? Um. Yeah, well, pretty much, I think, I don't know, it was a day after I lost to Dave or cut, yeah, within that week of the last fight, I messaged Cam and just said, as long as we're still good to go off the contract, I'm ready when, whenever you are, if he's had anything in April or May. And I think they were, they were meant to be in Adelaide maybe in April, but the COVID restrictions and that might have canned that for him. So they said, asked if I'd be ready for May 7th and said yes straight away, obviously. And uh, we just had to wait for an opponent and we got offered uh, Joey, Joey Lit. The chain. Oh, God. Getting to stuff his name up. Sorry, See, that, that, that's always my worst fear <laughs> about up. having someone. Yeah. I'm not, not knowing how to pronounce their name. So, yeah. That's good. I'm not even going to try. But, yeah, we'll go yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah, well, Joey Luciano, I think it could be. Sorry if I said that wrong, mate. But, uh, yeah, no, he, but he fought on Hex on the weekend on Friday night. So, we had to wait to see if he got come through or good. But, he, uh, he only got, I haven't seen it, but he got the first round submission victory. So, he's, he's good to go. And we, yeah, obviously, Eternal announced that Saturday night, I think it was. So, yeah, we got bit under four weeks to get ready for that one now well uh if you pronounce his name wrong i'm sure he'll have something to say <laughs> say it way in so so we watch watch this space yeah. um but how much do you know about this guy uh per, i haven't watched much to be honest yet myself i was waiting to see how the weekend went because i wasn't going to get too set on it until i knew it was happening but um i think he's he won gold in one of the world world championships as an amateur in the i don't know if it's the iammaf or whichever one it was and then he come one bronze in the other he had a He's had a very big amateur career. I think it was 20-something amateur fights. And now he's 2 and one as a professional. So all his fights have been overseas until the weekend. That was his first fight in Australia. He's uh, with Absolute MMA now. So should yeah, I'll um, let Ross do all the research and all that. And I'll just turn up the train and do what I'm told to do, basically. But should be, yeah, I think he's very well-rounded. He's got victories on the feet and on the ground. So we'll see how we go. It'll be good. Yeah, nice. And, and when you say you're four weeks out, like... Is, so are you saying this is going to be a short camp or have you known about this for a while now? Oh, no, nah, so I knew I was going to be fighting and uh, I had a couple in, I fractured my foot in two spots against Dave, kicking him and um, so I sort of, I probably only missed a week and a half training but then the last few weeks I've had to just uh, alter what I can and can't do in the gym, just obviously the wrestling and the kicking I couldn't do for a couple of weeks but I've still been doing plenty of boxing and just anywhere else I can get the work in but we're back to full steam ahead now, foot's come pretty much 100%. So, yeah, we've got four weeks to finish off strong. And what's your typical kind of uh, week look like? Uh, well, I've just taken a new job so that I, I can... Because I'm living in Newcastle, so I'm travelling, doing a lot of travel to get down the coast every day, plus working in the mines. So but I've just took a new job a bit closer to the coast. So it's uh, I've got to do different roster, but it's every morning I'm doing either my own strength and conditioning up at Newcastle or with my strength and conditioning coach, um, Braden Mellon at return to perform and then uh of an afternoon obviously going down the coast to train with the boys at central coast mma and then uh couple of mornings because i work night shifts so a couple of mornings after work i'll dart down the coast and get the extra session in there as well as going back in the afternoon and are you the type of fighter that fights at his walk around or or what, what, what 
what are we kind of looking at when, when it comes to like the, the actual weight? Yeah, no. So I used to try and cut a lot, which wasn't good for me. So even just my amateur ones, like my first fight, I had I lost 19 kilos for my first fight. And then the other ones, I was losing up to 14 kilos trying to cut and that. And especially being green in the sport myself, I was probably doing a lot of it wrong. And I was just more worried about trying to put that weight back on, thinking it was that advantage. But obviously these days it's sort of getting proven that it's not and it's not healthy for the body either. So now I'm, I'm a lot leaner and walk around a lot smaller than what I used to. And I've got a pretty small cut. I'll probably cut still seven or eight kilos, but it's sort of varying on, yeah, just on that. Obviously every time you're going into a fight, you could have different injuries or different lead up to it. So how much strength training you've got in beforehand always deter, like, determines how much you've got to cut. And for the 19 kilos, like how much time did you give yourself for that? Uh, that, was, that was the very first fight I took and I was playing footy at 94 kilos. So the only fight I could get was at 75. So I think I had, that might have been six weeks I sort of had to, to lose all that. But so it wasn't like I got a good mate who's, uh, or two good mates that are, their brothers are their professional bodybuilders and they, they look after all my diets and everything for me. And they've always, I, I've never, never missed weight or had, had a massive trouble trying to cut the weight. So it was all yeah it's always been pretty good but still there's been a couple of tough ones but when you say like it's not the right way to go so you've never missed weight you've never had trouble making weight but in what kind of i guess negative way has it affected you oh you just you can just like so that last one i had it was the easiest weight cut i've had and i come in a lot just i didn't didn't lose anything out of it my strength and everything was still the same and i just i think i just you definitely feel feel the toll trying to make a big weight cut than what you do if you don't and it's just drains you and then after the or even during the fight or after the fight you you can feel your body like your muscles don't have the oxygen and the blood getting back through them quick enough and it just just yeah go on. just the whole feeling going into a weight cut if you're if you're pushing the limits and you're struggling you're draining your body and yeah you might be two or three weeks out and you're already having to start cutting all your food down and you're not getting the effort out and the training as to this last one i could train right up to the week of the well couple of days before the fight still put 100% in without lacking any energy just because I didn't have to worry about all that weight to lose so you're still getting the work in everywhere else and you're still eating and you're just healthy in general and have you always been in the same weight class like is it a case of now that you you just try to remain lower so there's a smaller weight cut or because I know in Jamie's case for instance he used to kill himself getting down in weight where now he's actually gone up in weight and and he was talking about like obviously the same thing he was like I, I just realized one he said he's he's put more muscle mass on yeah um but two he was like yeah I was I was killing myself just getting there so it just made more sense to go up um so with you is it a case that you're just trying to remain lower all year round or is it a case have you moved up at all no nah, I think I've just restructured the so I was just more typically doing your compound weights like your bodybuilding style weights trying to be big and strong when it doesn't really benefit you in MMA at all anyway you, you get slower your twitch reflexes are slower and your speed and everything it slows everything down really so you are strong but you don't have that explosion explosiveness and everything so I've just changed it all up now so I'm doing the right things of this with uh, Braden, strength and conditioning coach, he bases everything around, tries to build it around what's going to help me in the sport and same as what we do with Ross with the when we do our fight circuits and whatnot. It's all things that are going to help you. You're still doing the, doing the weights and everything, but it's in their inactions that's going to be in the sport you're doing, which is, makes a massive difference. I don't have to try and be as big and strong anymore and I can still keep, still keep a good strength and it's just I can be quick as well without having to carry that extra weight.
And are you the type of guy that kind of like obsesses about and now, especially being four weeks out, like, is it one of those things that just like runs your mind 24 seven or are you the type of person that's able to like go to the gym, get the rounds in or whatever and, and let it go once you step out of the gym? Yeah, I don't switch off. So I'm, I'm, I'm shocking with that. I, just even if I'm not training or anything, I'm still thinking 24 seven about it. I don't sleep. I don't, I'm just, yeah, my brain's always always wandering on something and it's always related to do with fighting so switching off's a big thing i've always probably got to still got to learn to balance out so i'm not fatiguing myself inside and outside the gym with it but it's all all a part of the process to learn i guess but and what's the next four weeks kind of look like for you are you like are you still putting in solid rounds or when do you start to taper off uh yeah we'll, we'll have a chat to ross tonight because we now we know it's fully set and he'll We'll lay lay a platform out for it, and we'll go from there. Really, but yeah, it'd be pretty much flat, flat biggie for the next three and a half weeks, I'd say. And in regards to like uh, sparring, are you the type of person that needs the rounds, or like? And I only ask because you know you hear people like Holloway now saying they prefer not to spar. Like, obviously they're at a level and stuff, but like, how how important is it to you to to still get those sort of rounds in? Yeah, well, to be honest, mate, I, I haven't done as much sparring in my life as to what I have done at, at now I'm at Central Coast because obviously floating around the different gyms and never really having the foundation I've got now. I didn't have sparring partners or I might have had someone to box with or to kickbox with, but not to do actual MMA sparring or anything like that. So I've never, and then back in Lithgow, there were still a few boys there, but sizes and weights and just other, there wasn't many other fighters or anything. So you I never had that sort of set up until now being at Central Coast MMA. So getting that that getting that sparring in makes me feel a lot more comfortable going into the fight. It takes a lot of the nerves out because you, you sort of got an idea of where your head's at and whether you're, whether you're ready and that. Whereas before I used to go into my fights with just a lot more nervous because I didn't know if everything I'd been doing was, was enough or was right or if you actually even fit enough because you hadn't been getting those sparring rounds in. But if you're in the gym getting those rounds, like I, I still believe you don't, can't have too hard to spar and obviously you don't want to be bashing yourself around for no reason but still get that hard solid work you know I think, yeah, you definitely definitely need it to a certain extent which is crazy because like i always say yeah mma you spar at like 80 percent, sometimes even a little lower yeah uh where <laughs> you see the boxing guys man when they spar they're like hellbent like they just go out there and flog each other i mean granted you know they obviously have the headgear on and stuff like that but like it's it's just a totally different mentality when you see the two sports. It's 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 kind of crazy. Is Jamie out of quarantine yet? Like, is he back in your camp? Nah, I think Jay, I think uh, I was talking to Drew yesterday. I think Jamie gets Thursday. He might be, he might be out. But um, yeah, it's this week. This week's his last week. I think it's definitely he's within a. I think it's Thursday or Friday he finishes up. So he should hopefully be back in the gym the following week. And he, he could be a heavyweight by the time he gets out, man. I've I seen some of his posts with all the candy and lollies and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, this is this is trouble. But, like, I also saw, like, literally, I don't know who brought it to him, but did you see that, like, he's now got weights. He's got, like, a, a, a cycle machine in there. Like, like literally, they brought basically a whole gym to his hotel. Yeah, room. yeah, I did say he's got a heap of stuff there now, which is good. He, it'd be very hard sitting in there all day for 14 days. So it'd be good. you need to get some sort of relief from him release out i guess so yeah he said he's oh, i've seen a little thing he had with another bloke doing a interview the other day and he said he's getting plenty of training now and he's finding it easy to do the training just because he's got nothing else to do all day so uh, that's good because it would be very very tough if you had nothing in there for 14 days and i have to ask i mean you, you've just said you don't switch off but like 
in your downtime, do you like do you do anything outside of fighting to try to switch off? Like what you know, what does Blake do to relax? Like are you you know, like do you go to the beach? Do you go to the movies? Like what 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 is it that you do? Oh, <laughs> nothing real. I'm pretty busy all the time, mate. If I'm not if I'm not working, I'm training. If I'm not training, I'm travelling somewhere. I can still go back to Lisco a lot and try to get my dogs out for a hunt every now and then when I can. But yeah, I'm, there's always something something to do or something going on. I don't really yeah, I'm sitting around doing nothing. I've got to find something to do straight away. So, so you go hunting? Yeah, it used to just this guy sort of oh, about the bush sort of thing. But we'd get the dogs, take the dogs out pig hunting, and in the mountains. So it's a, it's a not everyone's cup of tea, but it's good, good adrenaline rush. It's good for the dogs, and it's a bit of excitement. And how tough is that? I, I just have to say now because I didn't even know that. But um, obviously, because it's a lot harder here to get licensed, right, for a firearm. How, how tough was that? Yeah, well, we don't use firearms, so we just we just take the dogs and we use knives. So it's um, but you still gotta have your R license to. <laughs> what you you hunt with knives? What you you you're running after these pigs or what? Yeah, so you'd be driving around and uh, the dogs will sniff the pigs out. No, they'll, they'll jump off and run in there and catch the pigs, and then you got to run in there once they've got them, and you go in there and stick the pig and um, kill it as humanely as possible, obviously. But um, yeah, it's that they're a they're a pest to a lot of farms. I obviously do a lot of damage on the properties and kill a lot of livestock and that. So, and that it's easily legal to hunt in the state forests and whatnot as well if you've got your R license. But yeah, it's just a, it's definitely a hobby, but it's also it's a sport, but it's um something that needs to be done as well. But it's, yeah, obviously the knives make it a bit more of an adrenaline rush. So you seriously go out there with knives, like not even like a bow and arrow? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, no bow and arrow. The dogs, dogs are the ones that do all the hard work. We, they're the ones that cop the floggings. We just got to try to get there as quick as we can, really. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> like, well, honestly, yeah, like, no, take, no, a, take a boomerang next time. I'm just saying like a spear or something. <laughs> like, I can't believe like you're running after him with a knife. I mean... I, I assume it's a it, it, it's a crocodile Dundee big knife, I guess. Yeah, like no. this is a knife kind yes, of. Yes, yeah, it's a good good size knife. <laughs> so listen, are you still a fan? I guess of of, of the MMA, like, uh, and I say like now as well. Like, are, are you still keeping up to date with all the fights that are going on? Like, either because I know the same thing. Like some people like they 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 fight and and you know they just want to tune out when they can. But I also know others. They they're they're the same as I guess all of us watching the fights every single weekend. Yeah, no, I try to watch as much as I can, obviously, depending on what's going on, as long as I'm, especially the big cards, the main cards I'll try to watch, and then any on the local scene, if they're on, if I'm at home and I've got nothing on, I'll definitely tune in and try to watch them to keep up to date, or even if it's just someone I support or thinks a good fighter or whatever, I'll try to watch it. But um, mainly, yeah, if it's someone I know is fighting or it's a big card, I'll definitely try to tune in and see it, but just, yeah, I, the more I've done of it, the probably the less, less I've watched of it. Whereas when I was younger and wasn't doing it, I'd, I'd obsessed over it to watch it all the time. But yeah, these days, I'd, if I can get to it, I'll watch it. And I'll still, if it's a big card or someone I'm really intrigued or a fan of, I'll, I'll uh, watch the replay as well. But yeah, it just depends what's going on, really. So let me guess, you didn't wake up at 1am this weekend? Nah, negative. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see any of the fights? On uh, the uh, Holland and um, Vittori. Yeah, so yeah. I see. I watched uh, the Perry, Perry and Rodriguez. I just watched a replay, some of the replays yesterday. But uh, Perry and Rodriguez was it, and uh, then Vittori and Holland. I watched watched it as well. And what do you think of the uh, Vittori Holland? Yeah, it was uh, obviously Holland sort of 
holes got found out the other week against Brunson and he, he looked good in the first round but it deteriorated very quick for him there. Vittoria obviously fought the fight he needed to fight and Holland's, yeah, Holland's going to have to go back and go back to the drawing board and work on his holes definitely. Crazy. So the big thing at the moment as well, uh, I guess if you are watching yeah, a lot of these fights is now the calf kicks. How, like, is that something that you guys are now training? Like, is, is it something that once those sort of things come, like that every gym is now training in that? Or, or like, how, how do you feel about the calf kicks? And, and as I say, is it something that Ross is now trying to implement into into your arsenal? Yeah, no, well, it's definitely, definitely something that's grown the last couple of years. Um, I first started doing it with Rich Fogarty, who I was with at Newcastle there. He's, um, he's, he's very smart with with uh, the fight, like obviously just the whole stand-up side of the game and he's been around a lot of lot of people to learn a lot and to see a lot and I started doing a lot of it with him and um, I used it a fair bit against Dave before before he finished me but um, Ross is definitely implementing it as well and if it suits your game style and your the way you fight, it's definitely something that people should be doing I think and it's it's showing how effective it can be. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something I enjoy doing and you see a lot of the gyms bring it in for sure. Everyone, uh, anyone ever get you uh, with one? Nah, not as of yet. I haven't touched wooden, but I know uh, I've pretty sh- seen a little bit of this other dude on fire, and I dare say he's, he's pretty good with his kicks, so I'll probably cop a few off him. Nah, I just wanted to know if you could like describe the sensation oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah. the sensation of being kicked by one, because you know people always talk about like, I mean, most people now now know what it feels like to be kicked in the liver. Um, you know, but like with with the uh, calf kicks, you know, you've got a few different stories left, right, and centre. But uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, give it a month, I might be able to give you some feedback, but <laughs> not for now. It's, it definitely does. You see, it slow people up a lot quicker than the thigh kicks and everything. So it's obviously a lot more effective. And so, knowing that your opponent is heavy on the kicks, is it something that you are definitely working on in regards to being able to? check these kicks like is it is it like a serious concern to you uh no it's you're in a fight so you gotta be prepared for everything can be you just if you can train yourself to be ready for everything then you just then that's all you can do really i'm not gonna over overthink about it or put all me all my thought process onto that because then you'll probably get caught with something else yeah right. No, I was just thinking, like, in case you got his name wrong, he knows, and and <laughs> and, 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 and now he knows your game plan. Hey, and, he and, might not have even ever thrown a calf kick. I'll just give him a compliment for nothing, possibly, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, he's trying to butter him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I guess you know, um, you know, I I, I guess it, it it is what it is. Like, I mean, I I hope that Ross has studied some tape, um, which I'm sure he has, but. Uh, you know, I, I always think at this time uh, you, you kind of uh, camp, you should be well aware of. And oh, like, yeah, no, we are. So Ross, like, Ross watched some stuff last week, but we obviously knew that was the possibility of the fight. So that was like four, four and a half, five weeks out. And we, we knew, Ross, we already worked on stuff last week. And then he's, we obviously, now that we know it's full-blown set, we'd, we go to work real hard on it now. But he'd already had some ideas and sussed it all out. But we, it was only... We only got the name last week and then obviously got confirmed Saturday night. So. Now with Eternal, you say it was a five-fight contract. Is that an exclusive contract? Yeah, exclusive five-fight contract. It's uh, over 19 months from my first fight it'll be, so, which is good because um, they've been good to me, Eternal. They, six of those fights or maybe six of those seven or five of those seven fights got canned pre-COVID on me were all meant to be on their card. So 
they um they've been good to me because I understood that I stay loyal to them that whole time and try to stay on their show just because they are the they're the best in Australia and New Zealand by far. So um, they're, yeah, they're, they looked after me well with it, which was good. So, and is there any discussion of you potentially in those five fights? I mean, granted, you got to win them, but like, have they spoken that there's like a direct path to say the title? Nah, there's, I don't. Not too sure on the fine printing. I already asked for the title fight with them, but they said <laughs> said you got to get get a cut. Oh, that was before I even had the one with Dave. But yeah, they just want me to get active and get a few fights fights first, and then. But yeah, obviously with a little bit of luck. We get string one or two wins back together again. We can try get get there to a title, but I'm uh, not really focusing on titles. I just want want to have hard fights and get us get back get back in the routine and be active for a little while and yeah, hopefully just get, as long as they're hard fights, I'm happy. Nice, nice. Well, we always do this little bit of an experiment, which is new to this season, right? Which is uh, I don't know if you're on the app. It's called Clubhouse. Um, it's it's you know an app where like-minded people can chill they talk a little bit of shit yeah um but you know i like to invite them in just because as i say we're all like-minded people and there's a lot of things that they have like that obviously i forget to ask and stuff like that so i want to bring them in yep. um you know they'll they'll probably be pretty uh brutal to you only joking and re- right. re- re- relax relax cop it all. <laughs> and and no well the thing is like most of them are overseas so you know, if they talk shit, you can't even go to their door. But like, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how they go. I'll, I'll open up the line now and see if anyone's actually out there. Is there anyone there? Dennis, are you there? So, yes, I am. Sorry, I unmuted the wrong channel. Because I knew, I knew, I knew it was going to be you, so I had to unmute the wrong channel. No, but um, yeah, we are here. We can, we we can hear you loud and clear. Roger that. Thanks for doing this, Dennis. Uh, let me just really quickly test the room. Uh, who else do we have here still? Sorry, hey, Maria. Will. Jay, are you here? Sorry, they're flashing mics, Dennis. I'm here. No question, though. Okay. Cool. So we've got Maria, Jay, Moana, and and, uh, and myself, Dennis. All good. Come on, Joseph, give me something good. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, this is an interesting thing. I think my my intrigue is mostly about uh, this pig hunting that's going on. Uh, <laughs> do you eat these things? What was that? Sorry, mate. Do you eat them? Uh, nah, you, you can, but normally the more wild feral pigs, there's a lot of um, diseases around these days that make it a bit um, bit too dangerous sort of, or the, worth the risk of it. But I'd, back in the day, a lot of the older people, older blokes and that used to, but I know some people still do, but we normally just use them for dog feed. You just chop them up, cut them up and use them for dog feed. What type of dogs do you have that are, are hunting hunting these pigs with you? <laughs> you can use all kinds of dogs, mate. I, I personally use the bigger, like a bull Arab cross Great Dane style of the dog. So they, they lug onto them. But uh, you, people use Kelpies, uh, Border Collies. You, yeah, bit of you can use whatever you want, really. The, there's not many dogs I haven't seen be able to hunt if they've got the nature in them and they've, they want to work. Every dog wants to work and, and strive towards something. So, yeah, they, you can... Sort of just a preference on what kind of style of dog you like, really. Do we have anything right, else? Does, does anyone, yeah, does anyone have anything? Does anyone else in the room have anything? 
Yeah, I can ask, uh, it's Milana speaking. I can ask what you don't like about fighting an MMA. How about that? Ooh. Don't like about fighting an MMA. Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, uh, what you don't like. What you, what can you do without where you're like, ugh, I don't want to deal with this at all. What uh, can you do without? Because you sound very passionate about it. So let's go to the opposite question of what are the drawbacks to you? I'll let I'll let him answer that for a second. I'll 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 give him a quick second to think about it. But I can guarantee you that probably one thing he doesn't like about MMA is losing, because <laughs> no one likes that. But uh, no, no I, that's I, always a given. That's I, I, a given. I, I, I know, I know, sure. I know. But any, anyway, yeah, I'll I'll throw the mic back at him. Yeah, no, yeah, Other than other than what Dennis said, I, there isn't anything. I'd guess that um the whole process, the discipline, everything about it, I love. The injuries suck. If you're getting getting injured, injured and that, that's that's a big step, like kicking the guts, really. But um, otherwise, the whole the whole journey of it, I, I love it completely. So there's not, yeah, there's nothing other than losing and injuries. That's the only thing I could fault. So are you telling me you actually? Ed. Sorry, are you are you telling me you actually enjoy making weight? Yeah, as sick as stupid as it sounds, it's a part it's a part of the process. You make weight, then it makes the fight easy. So it's all a part of it. You, you dread it. You definitely dread it. And uh. Just the role, I guess the whole roller coaster of fighting yourself. Like everyone, everyone goes through a different journey. But I guess one day you wake up and you're like, "What am I doing this for? I don't want to be doing this. This is stupid." Then the next day you wake up and you can't wait. You're just itching to do it. So, but that that whole roller coaster is a part of the journey that you do, I guess, and it's what makes it when you do win more worthwhile and makes it all rewarding. With that roller coaster, has there ever been a moment where? Not that you you've wanted to pull out, but you know had that kind of doubt. Like, has there ever been a doubtful moment in your mind? Uh before my very first fight, mate. If people didn't, so many people hadn't travelled up to support me and buy tickets, I would. I think I would have pulled out for sure. <laughs> I was absolutely shitting myself. But um, otherwise, no, never, never once really. It's crazy, right? How peer pressure can really put you into those kind of yeah, situations, right? right? Yeah, in, in um, do you, do you remember your first fight? Like, what what? Do you remember the feeling and everything of that fight? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was quite a, it was quite a, um, a fair bit happened for me first fight. So I cut all that weight and then I got to my weigh-in and the fella I was meant to fight, he uh, pulled out, but I wasn't told. He'd been in Thailand doing a training camp and he uh, apparently got bit by a monkey while he's in Thailand doing the training camp. So I've got the weigh-in, cut that 19 kilos and had no opponent. So and then the I was fortunate the promoter had his boy who was um, meant to fight the weekend after he stepped in and took it. And that was uh, Joel Kendrick, his name. He's obviously, he's, he's well-known. He's been going real good on the professional scene. He um, and had a big background. Yeah, he stepped in on the on the day's notice, and that was both our MMA debut. So, but yeah, that, yeah, it was definitely definitely an interesting one for me, first one. And speaking of which, because Joel Kendrick was actually in the in the room with us at Urban yeah, Fight Night, yeah, right? So yeah. did, did you guys have a discussion there at all? Or yeah, nah, I, I had a yarn. I'll get, I'll, I'm always respectful and polite to everyone. I know he wants that fight back because obviously it was his first fight, my first fight as amateurs. He's, um, I've had a few times where I've been from, like, approached by different promoters to, to run that one back. But we, um, I was obviously always out. I spent four years out with injuries. So but maybe one day down the track. I know he's got the Urban Fight Night title. And he's uh, he's a, he's a very good fighter, so I definitely one day down the track it might happen again. But yeah, you know, I all respect Joel. He's a good good kid. He's only young still too. He's still got still got a lot of a lot of fighting left in him, so he's good. 
No, no, I know Joel because he used to obviously be on the on the brace circuit as well for yeah. a while. Um, and and I'll just before we go back to Clubhouse, I just want to ask you on on the hunting now as well. Like I know that like pit bulls over here got a really really bad name, right? Yep. And and obviously they've outlawed them and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of the times I say it's it's because of the owners because of what they put them through. But they always talk about obviously once once a dog gets that thirst for blood, it becomes a problem. Yeah. Now, if they're going out and doing what you're saying they're doing, like, have, have you ever had any issues? Like, do do you feel that the dogs, I guess, become more aggressive in general? Or, like, you, you know where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah, no, 100%. And it all becomes, it's the same as anything. It comes down to how well you train them. Once they get that first taste of blood, that's when you really got to put the hard work into making sure that they're just disciplined onto the one the one animal and they don't, don't wander off trying to grab everything else. And it's like... And you say, I guess, same as a human breed too. You're going to have the old one that strays off and does the wrong thing. Not, nothing's perfect. But if you train them right and do it, like I take my dogs to the beach. They go to the beach. They hang around other dogs. They love what like they're placid as. They won't try to fight other dogs. But then you take them out in the bush hunting and they switch on and they know that's what they're there for. So. But I guess, like, would you be comfortable leaving your dogs in a room with a toddler and walking out the yeah. door? Or do you have to be in the room to make sure? Yeah, no, that, so that big dog that you're seeing that's um, in me in me box today when I turned up, he, he's a, like, I, I'll put him around a kid and he'll sit next to the kid and make sure the kid's safe sort of thing. Like, he's just a big, big sook. Like, he's not, not aggressive in nature at all. He's just chilled out. And I'd, I'd trust him with a little toddler before I'd trust anyone else's dog. But uh, And like, in saying with the pit bull too, I've got another dog that's... Uh, Arab Dane and he's crossed pit bull as well. He's got a little bit of pity in him. And you can definitely see that in their nature as a pup. They're a little bit more sort of skittish and timid, timid than that. But if you put the work into them, they're, they're just going to be the same as any other dog. They just need that work put into them. That's crazy. But seriously, I've never heard of it. I've, I've, I've seriously never heard of it. Like, I don't even know if you can classify that as hunting. Like, seriously, like, I've never heard of someone just, like, go out in bush with a knife and a dog and go, all right, let's go catch some oh, things. Well, I'll take you out one day. Yeah, about I'll take you up on that. Yeah, I'll take that. you up on that we, for sure. Let's we go. We definitely do that. Let's go. Anyway, let's open up to Clubhouse again and, and, and see if uh, we got any other questions. Yeah, I had a question. Um, about the... Uh, you said you were involved in like a wrestling program there in Australia. I'm really curious about uh, what the state of wrestling is in Australia and how folks are getting into wrestling. Um, you know, obviously it's different there than it is in say like Russia or the United States. But uh, um, I was curious about that program you're in and then also just generally in Australia, um, you know, what it's like being a, you know, someone training MMA uh, and wanting to, you know, make sure their wrestling is competitive. Yeah, so um, we've got Gary. Gary, for he's, he's uh, the Wrestling Foundation, it's called. They're based in Sydney, but they're, he's, uh, he's from America. He grew up in America in the States and wrestled his whole sort of college and whatnot like he's do over there, I guess. And um, the program he's brought in and he's taken it around to different gyms. He's now running um, coaching courses so that they can get more coaches out there to keep getting the sport out there more. But the... Just obviously, I hadn't really had any wrestling until doing what he was doing. Not not the structure that he's got, and um, I think he, like it's like he's obviously basing it off what what's done in the states and all the all the comps and that over there and the way it's all ran. So I think it's it's definitely going to go leaps and bounds in the in Australia over the next, especially five years. I'd say give it, and it's gonna it's definitely going to start showing its mark. And you can already see different gyms that have been bringing it in and just the effect it's taken already. Like even just the boys that are at our gym, for example, that were there when 
had been there for a while doing this foundation, like this program. When I started, I'm still miles behind what they are, but you can see how much of a difference it's made in all their in all their game all around. Because obviously, you wrestling, you got your good wrestling, and it brings the confidence in everything else in your game, so you don't have to worry about certain things because you know you've got that wrestling. So you're not worried about getting taken down because you're comfortable there and whatnot. So what is what Gary's doing is is great, and you can see it's already sort of it's having its rewards already. Let me ask you this: Is he also? Because um, obviously, it's one thing training it, and and you know, like here, we're very big on BJJ, and and, and there's like probably a BJJ comp every second weekend, really, right? Yeah. Um, with with the wrestling foundation, is it a matter of him just teaching you, or are we actually having tournaments now where you're going out and competing in the wrestling? Well, funny, that there's they're actually doing their first uh, gym gym competition thing. So there's a grading day that he's doing. At, down at, I think it's at our VT1 martial arts on the 31st of May, I think we're doing it. And it's, uh, so there's grading for everyone to try to get to the next level that, that think they're ready to go up there. And then uh, Central Coast MMA and VT1 martial arts are also having a competition day at actual wrestling comp to compete against each other as well. So it's, um yeah, he's definitely, they, I guess they're going to start trying to do that more often with different gyms and get everyone amongst, like just so you're not rolling the same people every day and you can actually have a bit more of a competition and that out of it as well. Nice, nice. Do we have anything else? Hi, Dennis and Blake. It's Milana again from Clubhouse. I just wanted to ask, uh, Blake, did you, when you were younger, did you play any other sports or was it just MMA? Or if it was just MMA, who were your major inspirations to actually go into it? Um, yeah, no, so I've, I've played pretty much every sport when I was younger. I was, I've been fortunate. I was sort of naturally naturally sort of gifted at most sports I've done. I used to play representative cricket, soccer, hockey, basketball, played first grade football. And, um, but just none of them were sort of, sort of got that satisfaction of doing MMA or just testing myself to that level where if you had a bad day doing any of them, there was someone else there to pick up your slack for you. Whereas MMA, you, it's just well, obviously you and your team in the gym, but once you get in there, it's just you. So it's um in, like, as in, but in inspirations, I, don't have had any inspirations, but always you just look up to and you you admire what they just the work rate that everyone does and what they put in and just the the whole the whole discipline of the sport itself is really what drew me into it because you can't you can't slack and what you whatever you put in you get out of it so you you can't take shortcuts and you can't cheat or you get found out pretty quick. See, I can see you playing rugby, cricket on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Cricket, really? Yeah, cricket, basketball, soccer, hockey. I was, I was, yeah, I just had to be doing whatever. When I was a kid, I had to be doing everything. If I wasn't doing it, I felt like I was missing out. So that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, do we have anything else? Yeah, I got a question, Dennis. Um, so you know, I, I heard heard a lot about your training. Uh, with, with that said, there's there's been a lot of topics in MMA about sparring. Um, can you speak about a little bit a bit about how much you spar and if you do spar often, uh, how much you spar hard, so to speak, right? I know there's, there's lots of different ways of, of looking at these things, so I'd love to hear sort of how, how you uh, arrange your training and, and how you approach sparring at this point in your career. Yeah, mate, I'm all for it to a, to a certain extent. Obviously, like, I don't – it's not a fight. You shouldn't be going in the gym trying to fight each other. And um, it's – We'll do at least we'll do every like one one day a week where we got proper sparring and you're getting those good hard rounds in, but you're still you're obviously not there trying to hurt each other. It's worth sparring. I think I believe my personal opinion is it's your 
opportunity to work on everything and try to put everything together and just you're not don't go in there and work on what you know you're good at because that's you're not going to get anything out of it you need to go in there and work on the things that you've are a weakness for you so that when it comes to time to, to fight and put it all together that you've you've worked on all, all them sort of areas but there's um i know other people go in there and they want it's a, every time they spar it's a fight and that's what they that's they, their personal preference but i think just with all the studies they're doing these days with your head knocks cte and all that i don't think it's beneficial at all and as you see a lot of fighters are they're getting into a fight and they're getting knocked out quick and then you it comes out that they got knocked out two weeks prior in training and that's obviously your brain their brains aren't recovering and just the long-term effects that they're starting to prove a prove a fair few things of especially even just with footballers and stuff as well it's um there's definitely i think sparring whilst you're still learning and growing as a fighter it's essential you need to do it just to get everything together but i guess like as holloway's just come out and said that he's done everything now he just needs whatever he's working on he can just do it himself he already knows how to fight so I think it just depends on where you're at in your career, but you, there's definitely um, there's a boundary for how much you should do. But I think it is it's definitely a good thing to do as long as you're doing it right. Is it hard to find uh, sparring partners? I guess your size, your skill level, uh, things like that. I mean, when you talk about like Jamie going down to like freestyle MMA and stuff like that, do you, do you find just obviously because over here it, it's not so much that we're still a growing sport, but like, you know, when you look at our population size and everything like that, we are a lot smaller than say some of these bigger countries, right? Um, do, you, do you find it hard to find legitimate sparring partners? Um, not so much now. I have in the past, definitely. Always had a lot of, well, yeah, very struggled to get inspiring partners at all in the past but now i'm down there with frost and the boys at central coast like there's jamie obviously there's drew there's big tavita there's they got some good boys in that gym and then there we've been getting um so the boys from cariotti at alex's gym down there that a few of them come up every now and then um cut lover gyms come up on saturdays and do work with us too and so there's the gym ross has got a lot of good connections so we we if there's a fight happening for anyone then he brings people in same as other people who've got a fight we'll go I'll help them out as well so i think as long as whatever like ross has got that many connections that we we get whatever we need if we need something like and we still like obviously ross as well getting the work in with ross is on another level too so we, yeah i definitely don't feel i'm not lacking of that at all at the moment but i've also never had it before too so Perfect, perfect. Any more questions from Clubhouse? Yes, one more. Sorry, guys, it's Milana. We're all good. That's that's just, what this is all about. So <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot away. I'm really into this, and I'm really inspired. And I mean, I'm just getting back into everything to do with the U- with UFC after I've been away from it for a while. So I just joined the club, and I wanted to ask you. A lot of these questions have been physical and communication has been physical. Now, when it comes to coaching and having your coach and everything that you're preparing for and all the work you've done physically, I think a very important topic to talk about globally is mental health. So I wanted to ask you, when it comes to the coaches you work with and um, and anyone you're sparring against and you're going to be preparing against for fights, do they prepare you mentally in terms of mental health to deal with these people and to also deal with um, preparation when you do lose, for example. Can you please just elaborate on that? Thank um, you. Yeah, I'm not too sure if you actually, no, I guess there's probably no approach to the actual mental health side, but your, your, your people, your coach and your, your teammates in the gym, you become like family anyway. So you sort of, you can feel if 
someone's not right or something's going on, you know, you can, everyone knows that they're, they're there for each other to reach out to if you need something. And then obviously, even if you have a bad day in the gym, someone will come up after and say, oh, is everything okay? You're doing all right sort of thing. Like, I, every gym could be different, but I know the, I know the little family they got there at Central Coast MMA, everyone's there for each other. And, and it's not like you lose a fight and then you just go back home and no one reaches out to talk to you or you, you feel like you're alone at, at any any time or anything like that so i think that you know there's people there if you need them and they know if something's up with you that they're, they're going to come and help you out too so that's well that's the gym that we've got and just sort of the situation that we're in i'm not sure i'd imagine every other gym's the same you see them all talk about being families brotherhoods and whatnot so but as in terms of actual approaching mental health i don't know if they attack it that way but you just you feel like you, you know if there's something something's up with someone you're going to be there for them and vice versa does it ever get brought up though like does it i mean i i guess has uh, and i don't want to put ross on the spot but has there ever been a conversation where i guess and i only say ross because that's the only coach i know right now coming out of your gym i'm sure that there's a few other but has there ever been a moment where one of them has sat you down and said listen like if things get tough like you know reach out uh yeah well like just for ex like an example uh, like I, one of the, my mates that I train, started training with um, in oh, so this topic sort of close at the moment because um, he, uh, I was, he was training with us at Thrive MMA and he was a fired when he was younger and um, he, could, he took his life two weeks ago so I went back for his funeral Friday so obviously I had to have a day off training and told the boys and whatnot and that was the first thing I said I said if you need it, need anything come talk to us like we're here to have a yarn too if you need anything at all like, you know so yeah it, it is there like you, the support's there if you need it and and it's um yeah there's definitely not like you're in a spot where you're gonna anyway if you were to speak up or say something they're not gonna look at you any different for it or they, they're there to support you and help you crazy crazy and i'm sorry about that um well on 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 that I, i'm just gonna say we'll we'll see if there's one more question um We'll take one more question and then I'm going to get some fight picks from you and we'll we'll call it a day. I just feel like the mood just went heavy for a second. Oh, no, uh, mate, yeah, that's yeah, part, part of the world, unfortunately. Yeah, it's sad, obviously, but it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's way part of life, unfortunately. Yeah, crazy. Um, do we have one more question? Yeah, I got one. Um, it's about jujitsu. Um, you know, before someone gets a black belt and they're training MMA, it's common for coaches to teach their fighters what I've heard described as anti-jujitsu, which is like you learn the defenses against common jujitsu positions, but you don't necessarily, um, you know, you're not expected to like perform well against, you know, a brown belt or something like that. So um, is that something that your coaches got you into like early, like, specifically anti-jujitsu where you're basically training how to defend against certain jujitsu positions and how to get out of, you know, like a guillotine or, you know, like those types of uh, common escapes. Um, or is that all just part of your general jujitsu uh, program? Yeah, no, I think it's all part of just from my, my experience. Uh, I'd say it's just all a part, every coach I've ever been with, it's just a part of your training in general. Like they'll, you'll go through your class, you'll learn, Learn a, learn a few moves, but then you learn the counter move or the defense to it as well, and then you go through and roll it and practice it. So I think it all just comes part in part with like, with itself. I think to be honest, I guess where uh, Jay's coming from there, I don't know. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but like I, I've heard something like that before as well, where they say 
um, like a white belt will most likely never submit a black belt, but a white belt will be able to defend themselves against the black belt, if that makes sense. Is that for jail? Yeah, they could. No, no, I, I think that's what he was kind of saying is like that, you know, you learn the defenses first. So like if you're rolling against a higher belt, yeah, the chances are you are going to have those defenses kind of ingrained into you. Uh, the problem is you'll probably never submit someone that's of a higher belt in a sense. Do you, do you feel that like when you're rolling around, I guess that, you know, rolling as I say, especially with people that are above you, that, that you're still feeling comfortable that you can kind of hold your own. Like, yeah, you survive and you can defend and you can survive, but you don't offer anything to, to like in the offense, uh, offense wise. I get, yeah, I guess that's probably, probably true. You do, you, you might be, you're comfortable, you, but if that's all a part of putting you, you also see a lot of people are all about attacking and not defending too, because they, they want to just be a, be the attacker and the one finishing all the time and as soon as they get put in an uncomfortable position they struggle so uh, I guess that's all an individual thing too if you can be, be comfortable being uncomfortable then you're going to you're going to get through a lot more hard oh, sorry hard situations all good we can swear <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's so all trying good to be on my best behavior um but look on on that I am gonna just get a couple of fight picks from you or actually I've got a few only because uh last week's guest was a judge and I thought it'd be it'd be in bad form to ask him <laughs> for some fight picks uh because it, it might have stirred up the pot a little bit but uh you know we we've got a few fights coming up um a few interesting ones, a few weird ones, but um, you know, I'll, I'll start with um, Diaz's return first. So we got Diaz fighting against yeah, yeah. Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards is in the same boat as you, where he's had a bit of a layoff. He came back. He he was looking good before the eye poke. But do you like that fight? And how do you see that one play out? Yeah, well, it surprised me actually them announcing that one, especially for Diaz too. It's not probably the big money fight that he could have been taking, but you can never count Diaz out, mate. He's a it just depends on well, whether he's preparing or not, I guess. But Edwards, yeah, it's hard to say when you haven't seen too much of him in the last few years. But you always, always know what you're going to get with Diaz, and I'm a big Diaz. I, I love the Diaz boys. They're just they're just street rats. I love it. So I'd I've gathered Diaz for an upset. There we go. Um, our boy Ty Tuivasa has been uh, announced to fight Greg Hardy. So big hitters. How yeah. do you see that one? I'll go. I'll go Bam Bam for sure on that. I think. Hardy's, I think, too much of a hype train behind Hardy and Bam Bam's obviously, he's been over in the States working on the different different areas of his game, got himself a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah, I'll go Bam Bam for finish. Yeah, what's the deal, right? Like, he's like, I don't know, is he in the States or is he in Abu Dhabi? I don't even know where he's uh, at, but he, it just seems yeah. like he hasn't come back in months. <laughs> Probably the best thing for him if he's going to party him, but he's, uh, I, I'm not too sure where he's at at the moment. I think he done his last camp in Abu Dhabi because he was planning on fighting in Fight Island for a while, but... So it's all got shaken up. I'll, yeah, couldn't tell you where he's at at the moment. Then we got um, the Korean Zombies is coming back after obviously uh, uh, dropping one to uh, Ortega and he's now fighting Dan Ige. How do you like that one? Yeah, that, uh, well, was, was, who asked for that? Dan asked for it, didn't he? I have no idea. Well, one, I, one of them just fought recently and they asked for it and said that the other one didn't know, reckon they didn't know who they were, but... I think the Korean zombie would probably bounce back, I think, with that one. See, that one's a tough... The, that that is, one's uh, probably the 50-50 for me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm big on both of those yeah, guys. Yeah, they're both real good. Um, 
and you know everyone obviously talks about how how the zombie got owned by um Ortega Ortega but yeah. I really do put it down and I'm not saying that the one shot one one Ortega the fight but I think it changed the landscape yeah. of that fight it really did um so yeah that that one's an interesting like that's the one that I don't want to make a pick on because I like both guys I think Ige's got a real bright future ahead of him yeah, um, I'm not sure if the zombies seen his best days but I also know he's got a good team behind him and, yeah. and so that one's a real tough one for me definitely um but on that we we also now got Usman versus Masvidal too how do you see that Matt Usman looked I've always been never been a critic of Usman but he's I've never been a big fan of him to, to be honest but uh just the way way he sort of goes about everything but I think I think he wins again definitely he looked he looked very good in his last fight his stand up had come a long way compared to his last few fights and to be dropping dropping him with the jab as he was and just pretty much but pulling picking him apart for the jab I think he's gonna definitely beat Masvidal again and I know you just said you didn't like him but do you feel he's underrated because like I mean I feel he was probably just yeah he was I wouldn't say underrated he just probably maybe he's underrated or just didn't get the publicity or the talk about but that's probably because he's not not the the star or the character that a lot of other fighters are either so I don't know what you would say everyone I don't think he's underrated but I He's obviously been doing a lot of good things for a long time now, but I just don't know if he was getting the getting the attention because he's not not the sort of the star they can market off like a lot of the other boys like Conor McGregor and sort of fighters like that. Is there someone on the roster though that you think has the tools to beat him? Oh, I think if him Colby, oh him and Colby, Colby for sure. Get, I, I had Colby going while winning that fight too, so I, I don't. Yeah, I'd love to see them too again yeah that's the rematch i would like to yeah, see definitely. and 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 i've always said i to be honest with you because this this card's got the three title fights yep. um i actually said they should have scrapped that title fight did the number one contender one and have Ma uh, masvidal versus colby yeah, yeah. right uh, i mean a cracker call call it uh king of south beach and, 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 and really market that but yeah. obviously they missed out on that one i and as i say there's three title fights on that one so valentina versus andrage yeah i think valentina I think Andras is tough. She's good. She's tough. You know what you're going to get with her, but I think Valentina's got it. Okay. And then um, the last one on that one is the uh, Whaley versus Rose. Thug yeah. Rose. I, lo I love Thug Rose. She's just she's just a little sweetheart, isn't she, really? So the way she goes about her business and that's all that. I'll, I'll go with Thug Rose. I don't know. if she, I'd imagine she'd be the underdog, but hopefully she can upset her. But Zaylee's definitely, she's another beast. She is the underdog. Um... And then this weekend, we got our boy Robert Whittaker yeah. versus Calvin. Yeah, it's two years in the making. making yeah. We're finally there. How do you see that one going? And do you feel like that one is the number one contender fight? Or do you think that uh, Marvin's put enough of a case on last week to try to get that that rematch with Izzy? Yeah, no, I definitely don't think Marvin showed enough. To be honest. It was good, obviously, but Whittaker deserves it. If we, oh, obviously, if if he wins, I think he wins. Whitaker wins all day, but yeah, I think that's got to be the whoever wins that's got to be the title. And how do you see the path to victory there? Do you do you, do you see it as a finish? Do you see it a a, oh. a decision? Like, how do you see that fight? That's tough. eh? Gaslam's tough, man. He's he's real tough. It's not going to be no easy fight. But Whitaker's definitely got the tools to finish him. And like he doesn't, Whitaker never even shows his wrestling really. Like he could he could go out and out wrestle him too if he wanted, but. I think it would probably be a decision victory uh, for Whitaker. 
And let's switch codes for a second. And that's only because we've had a, a lot of talk. I've got two more for you. The first one is, uh, you know, without a question, Jake Paul oh. versus Ben. Um, do you like that fight? Do you like the the, the kind of uh, attention that fight's getting? Or how do you feel about that fight? And yeah, who, who do you see taking that one? Yeah, mate, I don't... I probably haven't what like looked too much into it. I just just off little podcasts I've heard or interviews and that, and they do talk. They say Jake Paul's looking like he actually is looking good and doing doing everything right in the gym. And I know um who was listening to one of the Joe Rogan ones the other day with talking about Askren. He was meant to do a couple of weeks with Freddie Roach, I think it was, and he only went for the one week. So and apparently he was disappointed that he only went for the one week there. So whether he's still putting the work in otherwise or not, I'm not too sure. But I'd love to see Askren win just because the YouTubers are sort of carrying on and sort of yeah, just the way they go about things. But yeah, from what from what I've heard, Jake Paul is he might actually be half decent. So we'll wait and see, I guess. But I'll, I'll go Askren just because he's an MMA boy. And do you think like having these YouTubers come in? And obviously, I mean the the, the big debate is you know he hasn't fought a real boxer, right? And now yeah. obviously now he's he's, he's taken the claim that he's <laughs> fighting a fighter at least, yeah. not like an NBA player. Yeah, but. Do you think it's bad for the sport to 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 kind of have these, I guess, celebrity matchups? Nah, no. Nah, like, it, I think any any publicity is good publicity at the end of the day. It's same as a same as a boxing in Australia, mate. It's, it's taken over by NRL players, really. But they're bringing they're bringing more spotlight to the sport, and then that's so like Zoo, for example, he was undercard in the boxers, so the NRL players to start off with, and now he's jumping in and he's taking the main event. So. Anything gets Brennan is still good. Like it's, I definitely think it's unfair that the, the the real fighters aren't getting the paydays and the the boys coming in that aren't even fighters are getting the paydays. But if it's still Brennan publicity to the sport and getting everyone's names out there, then it's it's still a good thing. And it's crazy with Tim Zoo as well, right? Like that last, not the last fight he had because he only fought a week back or whatever, yeah. but the one before that, Morgan. they were saying that uh, Paul Gallen versus Mark Hunt was generating eighty percent of the traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. But speaking of that, Paul Gallon's got another fight coming up. Yeah, Big Daddy, Big Daddy Brown. And I wasn't actually going to ask you on <laughs> on an opinion. Do you think that Paul Gallon will remain undefeated, or do you do you think Big Daddy's got his ticket? No, um, it depends. Oh, Lucas has been around a long time now. It depends it depends how his training camps go. I think Gallon's going to come forward and be if he if Gallon comes forward and keeps too close to him and just puts. Puts a dirty work in on him. I think Galen, Galen will probably beat him, but you can never count Big Daddy out. Like he won that world title. He's he's got that one punch knockout. So, but Galen also shoot, proved that he can take the punches when he did that against Hunt. So, yeah, I'm sitting on the fence on that one. See, I feel with that Hunt fight, like Hunt literally, I think it was like in the second round, yep, had, had him, him hurt. Had him, he had him down there. And I was like, why not march him down there? Yeah. Like I really, I, I thought that one there was yeah. for the taking. I, yeah. I couldn't believe he that he that. didn't take that window. I was like, yeah. dude, now's your moment, right? Exactly, yeah. um, he had it there. Yeah. Kind of disappointing. But like the last one that I was going to get from you is, uh, I didn't see with, with the name Chavez Jr. versus Anderson Silva. Yeah, how do you how do you like how do you like the uh, spider coming across to boxing now? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think he's been too too much. He's done too much. I think he's. I, I don't know. You can never count Silver out. He's still a freak, the freak of nature. But to how he'll go, I, I, I don't. It's, yeah, it's too hard to say to be honest. I think he'll probably lose, but 
Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, man, like I appreciate you 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 making the trip, and especially, I mean, for you, it is a bit of a trip. I mean, Central Coast is no no or Newcastle. so Newcastle yeah. even. I mean, that's yeah. what n- nearly close to two hours drive. Yeah. That's that's a nice little freeway trip. So I do appreciate you really coming down. Uh, for those people that obviously want to reach out to you or, or you know, they want to follow your journey or even support you on, on uh, not just the next fight, but on, on your fights in general, what's what's the best kind of way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, uh, just, I'm not, not on Twitter or anything like that, just Instagram, uh, Shepo underscore underscore on my Instagram. That's the easiest way. And, yeah, and I appreciate you having me on, Dennis. It's been good. So thank you very much. Well, I feel like I should be the one thanking you. As I said, like it was a bit of a journey and, and, and you know, I really appreciate the time and I know, you, you know, you've been busy. And as I said, until this weekend, I just thought we were going to catch up. I didn't realize you were actually in fight camp. Um, so I appreciate it even more. Um, and I know obviously now you've got to get up to, to the central coast to, to get training again, but no, look, really appreciate the time. I'm looking forward to seeing this next fight on Eternal 59 um and yeah i hope we can catch up at some later stage but no i really do appreciate that and um yeah until next time stay blessed i'm away i'm away